So I want to begin with a thought, a thought for you to contemplate and consider as we move through the message this morning. Um, It's going to come at you quickly. Just letting you know, there's a lot of ground to cover today, so just ask the Lord to kind of wake you up, tune you in, and speak to you as you take this in. Um, there will be more resources for you after our worship gathering uh, this week to continue to help you delve in, learn, grow, and, uh, and follow the Lord as he's sharing with us what it means to be his church and the use of these gifts. But as we begin, I have a thought for you, and the thought is this. Jesus did ministry by the power of the Holy Spirit. And as followers of Jesus, we are called and equipped to continue Jesus' ministry by the power of the Holy Spirit. Okay, what that means is this. That means when we think about doing ministry, we're supposed to focus on being led and empowered by the Holy Spirit to do what Jesus did. In the same way, with the same heart and the same results as Jesus ministered. Because the same spirit that empowered Jesus for ministry lives within us and empowers us to continue Jesus' ministry. This is how we integrate the spiritual gifts into the ministry of the church. For Jesus, by Jesus, in Jesus, to point people to Jesus so that we can grow in Jesus and live like Jesus and continue his mission and ministry throughout this city, partnering with the Holy Spirit for Jesus. So God's gifts uh, are God going public among his people. And by affirming them, we affirm God's design for the church. And by welcoming them, we welcome him. And by using them according to the scripture, decently and in order, as Paul says, to build up one another in love, we honor him. We honor him. And so this morning, we're going to look at 1 Corinthians 12, verses 8 through 11. At these nine spiritual gifts, these are not exhaustive spiritual gifts. There's more than this, but these are nine important important spiritual gifts, and they're the ones that we're going to begin looking at over the next several weeks. And these nine gifts are organized or arranged in three basic ways. The gifts of illumination, which include knowledge, wisdom, and discernment. The gifts of demonstration, which include faith, healing, and miracles. And the gifts of communication, which includes prophecy, tongues, and the interpretation of tongues. Now, what we're doing as we open the Word of God and ask Jesus to speak to us uh, and invite the Holy Spirit to give us the faith to hear and respond accordingly, there's a lot of different stuff that's going on Uh, in our hearts. And so this message series is about creating space for the Lord to heal us from ways that we have not been taught well or ways that we have been hurt by an improper or misuse of spiritual gifts in the church in the past. This message series is also about us learning and and knowing and growing in what the scripture says about spiritual gifts so that our understanding of spiritual gifts isn't just about what we read or what someone said or what we saw, but 
what Jesus says and what his word says. And this series is an opportunity to create safe space for the Lord to show us what gifts he's given us for ministry, to give us new gifts to love one another and build one another up in the Lord, and for him to fan into flame those gifts that he has given us that we might continue to partner with him and helping people know him and grow in him and go with him. Now, that being said, remember that as followers of Jesus, who happen to be Anglican, we're like the middle child. Between the reformed older brother, who we love, who's very serious and very responsible, but sometimes a little bit too uptight, and the charismatic little sister who we love, who is full of joy and free, but tends to be a little bit wild at times. And, and, and we're right in the middle. We are, we are like that middle child. We are the Via Media Church. We believe that all the gifts of the Holy Spirit are present and available and active in the church today. And this morning, we're going to begin looking at nine of them. And the ones that we're going to begin looking at today are the gifts of illumination, knowledge, wisdom, and discernment. The gift of knowledge. A word of knowledge, the gift of knowledge, sometimes called a word of knowledge, is given by the Holy Spirit to illuminate the truth. Not randomly, but for a purpose. To illuminate the truth that helps a person or a group of people believe in Jesus, hold on to his teachings, and experience freedom. To those who believed in him, Jesus says, if you hold on to my teachings, then you will know the... Bueller? <laughs> truth... And the truth will set you free, right? If you went to the University of Texas, you know that because that's on the clock tower. You see it every single day. So a word of knowledge is given by the Holy Spirit to illuminate the truth that helps a person or group of people believe in Jesus, hold to his teaching, and experience freedom, all right? This is not human knowledge, which so often puffs up. This is not psychic, palm-reading, tarot card, horoscope type of knowledge, which is forbidden by God because it invites a different spirit. A word of knowledge is given by the Holy Spirit to illuminate the truth that helps a person or a group believe in Jesus, hold to his teachings, and experience freedom. Because where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's what? Freedom. Now, the Holy Spirit empowered Jesus with this gift, with the gift of knowledge. Nathaniel was amazed that Jesus had knowledge about him and his character before they even met. In a conversation with a Samaritan woman, Jesus had knowledge that she'd been in a series of adulterous relationships. And on numerous occasions throughout his earthly ministry, we see that Jesus knew 
the thoughts of the scribes or the Pharisees and even knew what the disciples were thinking in their hearts. Jesus knew who was going to betray him. And as Jesus ministered in the power of the Holy Spirit, so his disciples are empowered to minister, to continue his ministry by the power of the Holy Spirit. So we see the Spirit gives Philip knowledge about how to speak and minister the gospel to an Ethiopian. Ananias, you remember the story of Paul's conversion? Ananias is given knowledge through a vision about a man named Saul and receives divine instruction on where to find him, what to say to him, and how to pray for him. And a word of knowledge comes to the church in Antioch concerning the mission of Paul and Barnabas. Words of knowledge are what the Holy Spirit gives, how the Holy Spirit manifests himself through his people for the good. What about you? Have you ever experienced a word of knowledge that built you up, that illumined the truth, that helped you hold on to the teachings of Jesus, to believe in him and experience freedom in his name? Do you have this gift? How do you know? Well, do you love the word of God? and have an insatiable desire to know the heart and the mind of God, not just for yourself, but for other people? Does sometimes God use you to help people see things that they haven't seen before through his eyes? In conversations with other people, do you often find yourself helping them understand something from a kingdom perspective, not a human perspective, or a worldly perspective, but from a kingdom perspective. Do you get fired up when the light comes on for someone? Or they start walking in their identity or freedom, newfound freedom in Christ. These are just some of the ways that you can talk to God and ask and begin to see if he has, by the Holy Spirit, imparted this spiritual gift to you. So how does this gift work? Sometimes the Holy Spirit will give a picture or a vision um, or brings to your mind a scripture or a word or a phrase. And, And these things are how the Spirit is giving you insight about a person or a group or a situation that's otherwise unknowable. But it's shared with you for the benefit and blessing of somebody else. Um, Michael Brimer has this gift, and the Lord oftentimes gives him words of knowledge. And this isn't like crazy weird. It's, it's so simple. And oftentimes the way that uh, Michael expresses this gift is he just sends a text or he'll come up to you and put your arm around you and he'll ask a question or he'll say something because the Lord has shown him or shared with him something that's going on, let's use me as an example, in my life that the Lord wants to do something about to set me free, to help me grow in my faith in Jesus, to hold on to his word, the word of life in my, in my heart. And when, when we receive a word of knowledge, we, we may not necessarily share it immediately. We may not even share it at all. Sometimes 
The Spirit will give you a word of knowledge just so you know how to pray for somebody. And sometimes when um, we receive uh, this word of knowledge, it's not completely clear. And so it's important to ask God. It's important uh, to share that word of knowledge with a leader who can help you prayerfully process the next steps. And at Grace, we talk about sharing up, not sharing out or down. In other words, share with someone that has spiritual authority over you to help you sort that out and pray and hear. So the next best steps to build up someone in love uh, decently and in order become more clear. When the Lord gives you um, a word of knowledge to share with someone, it's for the purpose of illuminating the truth drawing them to the love of God, building up their faith in Christ, helping them to hold on to God's word that they might be free in Christ. Now, with every gift, there are cautions, corrections, and encouragements. And um, with the gift of knowledge or with words of knowledge, uh, there is a caution. And the caution is this. People have claimed to possess special revelation and secret knowledge ever since the first century heresy of Gnosticism. It is possible to have false impulses and erroneous thoughts. Uh, for example, at the first church where I served, there was a young person who was really growing in the relationship with the Lord and really growing in the relationship with the Holy Spirit and had been to a conference about the gifts of the Spirit and came back to the church and over a period of about six weeks would continually come up to me and say, hey, God told me something and he wants to tell you. Like, what did he tell you? I can't tell you. You have to ask the Lord. Well, I'd really like to know what the Lord wants to tell me. Could you please tell me? No, I can't tell you. You just have to ask the Lord. He'll tell you. And this went on for about six weeks, and I got frustrated and frustrated and frustrated. And finally, I said, hey, I, I am so grateful for you, and I'm so grateful that the Lord is speaking to you, and I'm so thankful that the Lord wants to tell me something. I've been praying. He's not telling me anything. Would you please tell me for him? No. No, I can't do that. <laughs> and as it turns out, uh, that really wasn't from the Lord. It was something that this person desired. And so here's a corrective. Any word of knowledge that goes beyond or distorts or is contrary to the character of God, the word of God, or who God created and redeemed us to be in Christ isn't from the Holy Spirit. And it's important to very gently and graciously decline. That's okay. A word of knowledge is offered to help clarify issues, but it allows people to talk to God for themselves and to come to their own conclusions and make their own decisions. We don't use words of knowledge to be manipulative or to coerce because that's not the heart of God. And so words of knowledge aren't shared with oughts or shoulds. They invite people, hey, I don't know if this is from the Lord, but I think it might be, would you ask God about this so you can hear directly from him and respond accordingly? And that's what can be so encouraging. 
is when the Holy Spirit does impart the gift of knowledge to his church and, and someone gets a word of knowledge for us because the Father loves us and wants to illuminate truth that helps us believe in Jesus and hold in his teaching and experience freedom. That's a good thing. And when the Spirit of God is doing that amongst our relationships, we all benefit. It's really helpful. It's because God loves us and wants to help us. The gift of wisdom. The gift of wisdom, um, oftentimes called a word of wisdom, is given by the Holy Spirit to provide clarity, direction, or guidance for a group or a person so that they can walk according to their identity in Christ. Okay, so a word of knowledge is about illuminating truth that would otherwise not be possible. Um, a word of wisdom is about how to apply that truth in our lives. One is more uh, about information and one is more about application. So uh, a word of wisdom is not human wisdom. Broken by pride in the garden when the woman saw that the forbidden fruit was desirable for gaining wisdom and took some and ate it and gave it to her husband who was there with him. It's not human wisdom. It's not worldly wisdom that claims that if we just know more and try harder, then we'll do better. Because God says... I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and frustrate the intelligence of the intelligent. So this isn't human wisdom. It's not worldly wisdom. This is the spirit-empowered wisdom that comes from the heart and mind and throne of God. The ability to apply godly wisdom and the principles of God's word to the practical matters of life in a way that encourages people to walk according to their redeemed identity in Christ. A way that brings life and blessing. So the Holy Spirit empowered Jesus with this gift. When people attempt to trap Jesus or criticize his ministry, he responded with wisdom. So cool. Uh, this was true for political issues. Give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar and give to God what belongs to God. Legal issues. The Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. And moral issues. Let the one who has never sinned throw the first stone. Jesus manifested spiritual wisdom in the way that he related to others, in the way that he taught parables, and the way he responded to people uh, like the chief priests and Pilate and Herod. And Jesus promised his disciples in Luke 21, I will give you words and wisdom that none of your adversaries will be able to resist or contradict. Which is really helpful right before he went to the cross and rose again and gave him the great commission. So as Jesus ministered in the power of the Holy Spirit, so his disciples are empowered by the Spirit to continue his ministry. Peter and John. 
In Acts 4, we're brought before the high priest to be condemned for teaching people about Jesus and his resurrection. But when they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished. Why? Because they spoke with godly wisdom. When many began opposing Stephen in Acts 8, who was a man full of faith and power, it says they could not stand up against the wisdom the Spirit gave him as he spoke. The gift of wisdom, words of wisdom, are really important and helpful to the life, the health, the growth, the multiplication of the body of Christ. Do you have this gift? Have you ever experienced this gift in your life? How do you know if you have this gift? Well, when studying God's word, do you find that you discover the meaning and its implications before other people do? Do you seem to grasp the mind and heart of God for a person or a situation that other believers with the same background and experience don't seem to grasp as quick as you or at all? Are you able to apply the word of God in practical ways that helps or counsels or coaches others to make good and godly life choices? People with the spiritual gift of wisdom make really good coaches and counselors and consultants. Do you find that when you're counseling or praying for someone that the Holy Spirit gives you wisdom for them that is way beyond your natural abilities or experience or age? These are just some of the ways that you might talk to the Lord and hear from the Lord about whether or not he's given you this spiritual gift. People with the spiritual gift of wisdom have the ability, the spirit-led ability, to synthesize biblical truth and apply it to our lives so that we make good choices and avoid foolish mistakes. They are very, very helpful people in the body of Christ. So how does this gift work? Um, as it is with all spiritual gifts, we, we use this gift... Uh, by humbling ourselves in a posture of open, prayerful relationship with the Lord. Ministry follows relationship. All ministry in the Holy Spirit follows our relationship with Jesus. And again, the Holy Spirit will impart words of wisdom in various ways, like receiving a, a word or a verse or a phrase from Scripture, or uh, seeing a picture or a metaphor or illustration in our mind's eye. And these words of wisdom provide insight for how to pray for someone, how to speak the truth in love in a really complicated or difficult situation, how to care for somebody in need, how to share a kingdom perspective with someone that seems like they're going around in circles and getting really frustrated, or how to apply um, a word of knowledge or a prophetic word. We need, we need wisdom to know how to apply those things and how to introduce someone to Jesus who does not yet know Jesus. Having a word of wisdom can be really helpful in that conversation. And again, 
When we receive a word of wisdom, we may not, may not share it uh, immediately. We may not share it at all. It may just be to help us uh, pray for somebody. And as it is with the gift of knowledge, so it is with the gift of wisdom. There are cautions, corrections, and encouragements for us. The caution is this. It's possible to confuse godly wisdom with worldly wisdom. And when we're uh, influenced by our brokenness, sometimes we can intentionally or unintentionally manipulate people to walk in accordance with our desires and in our preferred direction rather than according to God's desires and in his preferred direction. So as with all spiritual gifts, when we receive a word of wisdom and we're not sure it's from the Lord, we're not even sure what to do with it, it's important to share up. Share it with a leader who can help you process and pray and determine what the next steps to use that gift are for the benefit and blessing of another. Um, the encouragement is this. 1 Corinthians says this. Paul really doubles down on the gift of wisdom. He says, what we have received is not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God so that we may understand what God has freely given us. This is what we speak, not in words taught us by human wisdom, but in words taught by the spirit, explaining spiritual realities with spirit taught words. The Holy Spirit imparts this gift of wisdom to the church because the Father loves us. And he wants to provide clarity and direction and guidance that we might walk in the holiness and righteousness that is ours in Christ Jesus, aligned with the Lord and his plans and purposes for our lives, that we might experience that new abundant life here and now. Last one today, the gift of discernment. The gift of discernment. Discernment or a word of discernment is given by the Holy Spirit to recognize the spiritual influence behind the beliefs, attitudes, words, or actions of a person or a group. What is influencing? What is motivating people. The Bible identifies three possibilities. We can be motivated and influenced by the Holy Spirit, the human spirit, or an evil spirit. And with the gift of the discernment of spirits, a believer is able to recognize which one is motivating or influence a person or a group. The Holy Spirit empowered Jesus with this gift. Uh, he was able to recognize, to discern the servant-heartedness of John the Baptist saying, of all who have ever lived, no one's greater than him. Perhaps the, the classic example of this is when Peter recognized the true identity of Jesus as the Messiah saying, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus, it says, discern the spiritual source of such faith. And he said, this was not revealed to you by man, but by my father in heaven. 
And as Jesus ministered with the gift of discernment and the power of the Holy Spirit, so his disciples are empowered by the Holy Spirit with the gift of discernment for ministry. Peter was enabled to see, not physically but spiritually, that Simon's heart was filled with greed and that he was attempting to manipulate the gospel for financial gain. Paul discerns that the power of a certain slave girl was in fact a demonic spirit. And Paul doubles down on the importance of the gift of discernment when he writes to the church in Thessalonica, encouraging them to use the gift of discernment to recognize all kinds of counterfeit miracles, signs and wonders, and every sort of evil that deceives those who are perishing. The gift of discerning of spirits is really important to the life and the health and the maturation and the mission of God's people. Have you ever experienced this gift for you, for your benefit? Do you have this spiritual gift? How do you know? Here's a couple of ways. Those with the gift of discernment know that not everything is from God. Not everything is true. Not everything is biblical. Not everything points to Jesus or invites his kingdom to come on earth as it is in heaven. There are counterfeits. They're counterfeit teachers, they're counterfeit gifts, they're counterfeit signs. And if you have the gift of discernment, those counterfeits really, really bother you. They give you like a a holy indigestion because they lead people astray rather than lead people into a relationship with Jesus. Believers who've been given the spiritual gift of discernment feel a a deep sense of responsibility to guard the faith, a deep sense of responsibility to protect the truth, a deep sense of responsibility to defend people from everything that is not of the Lord and therefore not good for them. How does this gift work? When people or groups are operating under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, there is a peaceful and powerful sense of the Lord's presence in their midst. This is what Britt was talking about the last couple of weeks. Powerful peace. Every couple of months, we have a welcome dessert at our house, and we invite people that have been coming to Grace recently to come over to experience some really amazing baked goods. And uh, this is the moment where I affirm the spiritual gift of baking uh, that is very active in our body, and uh, it's building me up, for sure. And I'm, I'm very grateful for it. But when we, when we have a welcome dessert, it's a very relaxed, casual time, and we only ask two questions. How did you hear about grace, and why did you come back? And one of the things that we hear time and time again is newcomers saying things like, I really felt the presence of God. You can really sense the Lord is there. 
or that God is moving in people's lives. That's what happens when we are influenced and motivated by the presence of the Holy Spirit. Now, when people or groups are operating uh, under a, a different spirit, an independent spirit, or an evil spirit, the opposite is experienced. Uh, there's a sense of, of heaviness, of, of unrest, even, even fear. And the feeling is more like, something's not right here. Or, that seems really off. Um, for example, the first time that I went to a charismatic church, and what I mean by that is a charismatic without seatbelts church, was, uh, was in, in seminary. And uh, it was an evening worship gathering, and we were doing very, uh, something very similar than what we do the first Sunday of every month, in that the worship team was uh, leading an extended time of worship, and there were prayer and healing teams at the front of the sanctuary, and people were going and receiving prayer. And uh, a few minutes uh, into uh, this time of worship, there was a gentleman on the front row, on the floor, barking like a dog very loudly. And it was very uncomfortable for me, and very uncomfortable for everyone. And, and the reason why it was so uncomfortable is because that's not consistent with the character of God, the word of God, or who Jesus created and redeemed that gentleman to be. It wasn't the Holy Spirit. Now, what I appreciate about this moment, this was a very teachable moment for me. I'm so grateful to God for this moment. Is that the pastor gently walked over to this person and said something like, you know, God loves you so much. I am so glad you're here. The Lord loves you so much. And then gently laid hands on this guy's shoulder and just started praying over them. And what I learned that day and what is so important about the gift of discernment is that it enables us to recognize the spirit behind someone's beliefs, attitudes, words, or actions, but it never leads us to mock or condemn a person because that person is created in the image of God with incredible worth and extreme dignity. And yet, they needed the love of God and the gentle, gracious help of somebody to encourage them toward the Lord. Now, um, occasionally, someone will claim the Lord is doing something or saying something, but in reality, that person is being influenced by something other than the Lord. Oftentimes, their personal desires. Oftentimes, as I said earlier, they're, they're, they're speaking or they're trying to minister out of a place of brokenness or woundedness. Um, and as a result, they try to remedy or overcome that hurt by attempting to change or fix somebody else rather than to seek and receive personal forgiveness and healing and freedom. And they kind of get mixed up 
in ministering to someone else when in fact they need to be ministered to. This happens quite often. This has happened to me. And, uh, and in the case of, uh, of a worldly spirit or an independent spirit or in the case of that confusion, it's really, really important to remember that our struggle is not against one another. Our struggle isn't against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of the dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. We are not one another's enemies. And in the case of demonic activity, we stand firm. We put on the full armor of God, remembering that in Christ we have the authority and the power to command evil spirits to flee. When I was um, out of my first year in seminary, I took a class called clinical pastoral education. And what that means is that I was basically a chaplain in a hospital for three months. And uh, I had two weeks before the program and two weeks after the program. So I chose a hospital in Portland because there's a lot of good fly fishing and backpacking between Texas and Portland when you have four free weeks. And I went to a Sisters of Charity hospital, a Roman Catholic hospital, and I actually lived in the hospital for three months. And I was assigned to the pneumatological wing, the, the, lungs, the lungs wing, right? I don't know what it's called. What's it called? Pulmonary. Pulmonary, thank you, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Pulmonary wing, that's where I was. And a couple of weeks, um, a couple of weeks into my time there, <laughs> a couple of weeks into my time there, um, I knocked on the door and, and walked in the room. And, and before I could get the door open, there was a, a darkness, a heaviness, and a really strange odor that met me at the door. And I'm like, oh. And I walked in and there was a young man sitting on the bed who looked not in a good place. And he was there because of multiple self-inflicted knife wounds to the chest. Um, and I knew that I was encountering something that was not of God or of this world. And when he began asking my name and information about my life, I knew that I was over my head. And I politely excused myself and left the room and went immediately to Sister Mary's office who was the head of the Sisters of Charity, and began to explain what I had just encountered. And she began to help me understand how to respond to that in a gracious, loving, Christ-like manner. And the point being that we don't know how to use the gifts that God has given us unless we have other people who are older and more mature in Christ who have been there and done that take us under their wing and disciple us and apprentice us in that gift. And there's a lot more to say about deliverance ministry at some other time. But I'm so grateful for Sister Mary and for that opportunity to learn from her knowing that it wasn't all up to me, that there were people around me with gifts that I didn't have that could minister the love and the truth and the deliverance that Christ had for them. 
So with the gift of discernment, there are cautions, corrections, and encouragement as well. The caution is this. We can be deceived into thinking that we're operating with the gift of discernment when we are actually operating with suspicion and condemnation. And that's not from the Lord. That's not the heart of God and it's not the mind of God. There is no condemnation in Christ Jesus. That is not good for anyone. Um, when I planted uh, a church in Austin several years back, I had a really good friend as a pastor of another church, and they were really beginning to move in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And as a congregation, they all read this book together about uh, a spirit that was a apparently alive in the Western church today. And as a result of of reading that book together, what began to happen is they began to look and try and find who was operating in that negative spirit amongst them. And it divided the church. And within a year, that church closed down. We can develop an unhealthy fascination with discerning of spirits. We can develop an unhealthy fascination with evil and do a lot of harm as a result of that. And so the corrective is this. If you discern in the spirit that something or someone seems wrong or off, then the most important thing to do is to quietly and unobtrusively as possible let a leader know. We lead, we ask up, we we lead up here. Not to the side, not down. Someone who's in spiritual authority to come alongside you, to listen, to help discern and process and know what the appropriate, godly, Christ-like, loving, gracious next steps are. This is so important for every gift because we are not called to minister in isolation. God designs it and, and calls us to minister interdependently connected with one another, with the different parts of the body and the different gifts in the body so that together we might have insight and accountability and help as we use our gifts to, to build up one another in love, decently and in order, that Jesus is exalted and the Spirit moves to do what the Father loves to do in our lives. Every good and perfect gift comes from the Father and is useful for building up and encouraging and edifying his kids. And we we use that together for one another's sake. The encouragement here is that the gift of discernment used humbly and in love can be really, really helpful especially to validate or comfort or, or redirect a person to the Lord and to his plans and purposes for their lives. The first time that I encountered the gift of discernment was my senior year in college. At that point, I thought that the Lord was calling me to go to seminary to get a theological education before I went to law school to become a business person in the marketplace. I thought I was going to be a business person, kind of a missionary in the marketplace. But some other people were speaking into my lives and into my life. And one Saturday afternoon for three hours, I went to a church and I met with Bishop Ben Benitez. And we talked for about three and a half hours. And at the end of that conversation, he said, I'll never forget, son, he called me son. Son, I have the gift of discernment and you're called to be a priest in this church. 
I'm going to call Dean Reed and transfer your application that you would be accepted for a master of divinity. Don't worry about the commission on ministry. I'm the head of commission on ministry, and I'll help you get through that in October. <laughs> now, by God's grace, uh, I went backpacking and fly fishing for a couple weeks, and then I drove to Virginia, and I went to seminary, and I came back, and for one reason or another, with God's help, with the help of the Holy Spirit and the help of Bishop Benitez, I did get through the commission on ministry. I know some of you are surprised. But the, the, the gift of discernment um, can be really, really helpful um, to the body of Christ. Um, it can also be helpful, I think I said earlier, um, in discerning the other gifts, right? We're not expected to accept every word of knowledge, every word of wisdom, every prophecy, every tongue. We need those with the spiritual gift of discernment to help us determine what's consistent with the character of God, the word of God, and who God created and redeemed us to be in Christ. Um, about a year after we moved into this building, um, I began to have uh, an experience coming in on Sunday mornings. And I began to um, experience walking through the door uh, different feelings, and I didn't understand where those feelings were coming from. Uh, and after this happened uh, over a couple of months, um, I walked in one Sunday morning and I was experiencing two feelings, fear and sadness. And I remember going up to my office and praying to the Lord, Lord, why am I afraid and why am I sad? I'm not afraid. I'm not sad. Why am I feeling fear and sadness? And I was in a text exchange with another friend of mine. And I said, hey, uh, Todd, I'm, I'm feeling really strange this morning. I'm feeling fear and sadness, but I'm not afraid and I'm not sad. Will you please pray for me? Something's wrong with me. And he texted back and he said, you're not afraid, you're not sad. Maybe it's the spiritual gift of discernment. And I remember texting back to him, hmm. <laughs> and he texted back, Matt, pray for the Lord to speak to you and minister to you, but also to show you how to speak and minister to someone else experiencing fear and sadness. So I did. This was a prayer and healing Sunday. And when I came down, I was on the prayer and healing team and two people came to me for prayer. Can you imagine what those two prayer requests were? I'm experiencing a lot of fear in my life and the other one is I am so sad. And because God showed me that, I don't know if that was a word of knowledge or a word of discernment or a word of wisdom. I don't know what that was really. Maybe discernment, maybe all three. God, I think, used me to love and serve and, and bless that person in the relationship with the Lord so that they could receive from the Holy Spirit. Uh, more than anything else, the gift of discernment helps us celebrate the presence and the ministry of the Holy Spirit in our midst. And we know it's the Holy Spirit because the, that Jesus is exalted and what we experience, what happens among us is the fruit of Christ's presence, the fruit of the Spirit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. Interesting that there's nine spiritual gifts and nine fruits of the Spirit. So this morning, uh, as we come to the Lord, 
around his table. I want to encourage you to ask, to knock, to receive, because the Father has good gifts for you, his children. And it may be through our time and our communion with the Lord around the table or with a prayer and healing team in the back of the sanctuary that you need healing from a hurt that has been inflicted, a wound that you're carrying for the misuse or the misappropriate use of gifts in the church and in your life. Receive healing and freedom today. It may be that there's a gift that you'd like to receive. Eagerly desire that. Ask. It may be that you would like the Spirit to fan into flame that gift so that you can use it more readily, more confidently, that it's the Spirit of God manifesting the love of Jesus to the glory of the Father through you. That's how gifts are received. They're received um, because they're sovereignly given by the Spirit. They're received because we request them and the Lord hears our request. And they're received because someone with that gift lays hands on us and the Spirit passes that gift from us to them. The gifts of knowledge, wisdom, and, det- and discernment are to be expected, encouraged, and exercised in love according to the scripture with decency and in order for the edification and blessing of the people of God. Yeah, we're going to make mistakes, but mistakes are an important way we learn and grow, not a reason for giving up or quitting on what God designs, what God gives out of love for the sake of growing in Christ and Christ's likeness and continuing to extend his ministry to one another and to those who do not yet know him. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your amazing, unending love for us. And we thank you for how you give us your son to demonstrate your love to us. That we have been forgiven and healed and set free to know you and love you here and now and forever. And we thank you that you demonstrate your love by giving spiritual gifts to your people. And so as we come to you, Lord, through the bread and the wine, And through the ministry of prayer and healing, we ask, be known to us. We want to see you speak to us, heal us, and set us free. Holy Spirit, impart those gifts to us. Fan them into flame that we might be and enjoy and live according to our identity as your people, the church. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.